This is like the most prolonged painful hate fuck for literally everyone. Hello and welcome to Keyframes, a podcast about anime. I'm your host, Ben Halliburton, and with me today is Andy. Hey, diddle diddle. Duncan. Hello. And John. Hi. Wakari <laughs> <laughs> Masha. <laughs> well, you probably guessed since the last episode was the end of season wrap-up. This episode is the beginning of season wrap-up, and John's got a big old list, even in this kind of dry spell that we're going through, where there's not that much that's truly exciting about this season, right, John? I mean, let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Compared to like your usual 15 or 16, that's actually quite low. Yeah. I don't, I don't think I usually go to 15 or 16. But there, anyway. was one, there was one season where you did, and I'll never forget it. Okay. Except I don't know, know which season it was. The record will show that on season winter 2017, John did watch. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, uh, yeah, so this is my segment where I go through everything I'm watching, and I try to do it quickly, and everybody interrupts me and makes it take forever. Yep. Yep. Sounds uh, about right. Let's see. What do I start with? Uh, I guess I'll start with the thing. The only thing that's continued from last season is JoJo's Bizarre Adventure Part 5. Yeah, boy. Um, Which you still be... hate. Still the Actually, best. no, because uh, Dapio is fucking incredible. Isn't he? Uh, Dapio is a recently introduced bad guy who is also the boss, but he's got a split personality deal going on. And there's this really cool, like, I'm not going to talk about this for a long time because <laughs> famous last words in podcast form. And I'm also going to do the thing Ben really hates where I describe a thing that happened, but I'm doing it because I think it's a cool th- trick. Uh, so Dapio is the alternate personality of the big boss of the mafia who is, you know, the, the bad guy. Um, <clears throat> but he like kind of gives parts of his powers to Dapio when Dapio's in charge, but he can talk to Dapio and Dapio like hears a phone ringing and picks up a frog <laughs> and that's the phone. It's really fucking weird. It's uh, so good. One of the powers that it gives him is like the ability to see into the future. And the way that it works is like Dapio has like really long bangs and when the bangs are hanging in front of his face and he looks through the bangs, that's how he sees the future. And it's just a really cool like directorial thing. And it mm. like has this cool like fading effect into the future. And then outside of the bangs, it's still the present. How anyway. do they capture that in the manga instead? Is I it... don't know. I didn't read it. Hmm. Uh, I don't remember. I've, I've... <laughs> Obviously not that impressive then. <laughs> no, I, <laughs> Moving I on. don't think it, well, if it, it clearly didn't resonate with me, so I don't think they did that. Um, but anyway, I could be I wrong. Just thought... I just thought that was a really cool trick, and yeah. I really like how it how it's uh, presented in the show. I um, I really loved Doppio's. Uh, I really loved the way they did Doppio. I loved the. I fucking forgot about the fog thing. I fucking forgot that he picks up anything and pretends it's a phone. It's really yeah. fucking good. And at one point, he picks up a cigarette. And he's like, "Wow, they're making phones really small these days." <laughs> he is definitely insane, and but also he's a split personality of a guy who is very much presented as not insane just ruthless and evil so it's really weird and kind of great and probably you know problematic but you know uh moving on i think i don't think it is problematic also i've been Uh, thinking uh, i've been thinking thinking about i don't know i don't know why you think it's problematic i don't because it's showing someone having mental illness that turns them into a villain yeah kind of yeah uh yeah but it's sort of like 
Fucking... Andy, please don't fight me on this. I'm begging you. Just yeah. say, just say, huh? Okay, Bye. whatever. Um, <laughs> sure, I don't care. But I Sorry, was going to say, saying? You're, I, I do think five is. I love five, but your, your complaints with that it's like three, from last week when I re-listened. I do think it is like three in that it's a road trip, but you don't know where the final destination is. Uh, and I think that that's that true. makes it more of an enjoyable adventure than part three is because part three you that. know they're going to Egypt. I think it's better than part three for sure. I just, you know, but anyway, moving on, Uh, (laughs) because we talked about that to no end last episode. Uh, Yeah. Uh, Let's do Demon Slayer next, um, because I was thoroughly unimpressed with the first two episodes, uh, whereas Andy and Duncan fucking loved them. Um, Yeah. I found it to be extremely trite uh, and, (laughs) and like, it's just very typical shonen stuff and it, did not impress me in terms of action and stuff and that's why like if i'm going to watch a battle shonen i want the action to be great out the gate and i did not find it to be so i thought the, but then i i thought the action in the i mean i haven't seen the third episode but i thought the action uh certainly the camera is super dynamic like they've got this really interesting sort of like uh for like part cg part 2d so, yeah like, sort the, of like the background is all cg the characters are 2d and sure it it's a it should be a great thing, but it looks like the characters are ice skating on the ground, and it does like it does not mesh well. Like the style, like the style of CG. That's my usual problem with CG is when it does not melt. Like it does not mesh yeah. well with the two D. I, I, fe- I felt they're like very mainly stark. You're wrong on that, though. So yeah, think I, didn't, maybe, I didn't. I didn't. I didn't think that for for the for the fucking demon who's super fast. Like she will be going very fast. Like I. I couldn't really think of many other points like that. You know, it looks like they're ice skating. Sorry, Duncan, didn't mean to interrupt. It's when that camera is doing that crazy dynamic thing with the CG background. They just—it looks like they're not walking on ground. It looks like they're walking on something that isn't there. When he's running downhill in the second episode, like that's—I think the clo—I think I can understand where you're coming from in that because he's—he's like running downhill really quickly, like just barely keeping his footing while rushing down this slope in the in and the camera's following behind him as he sort of darts between the trees and it's really dramatic because it's like swooping in and round mm. around these trunks and sort of traps are triggering either side but as you say he is he apart from when they the moments when they choose to emphasize it where they give him like a stump where he stumbles and like kicks up dirt or something you don't really get that sense of him hitting the ground as much um, which obviously when you have norm like a normal background and normal um normally drawn uh two uh, 2d stuff uh that's not a problem because you the, the animator himself will sort of work the impact into into the way he animates the person's foot but in that case you've got a a 3d uh model which is like just drawn it in at key key points like they they tidy it up basically it's it's mainly 3d but they'll at moments when like he comes into focus or that they'll you can you can tell the style changes slightly and they sharpen him up and make him look look a bit better and i think john maybe there are moments where it looks good but overall it does not i disagree with you there i think it all generally looks quite good (laughs) i honestly don't care if you disagree with me because you're wrong I think, um, I think the, I think I am. It, 
it does give them even if you think that's that's a bit of a down point it do, the fact that they're they're willing to move the camera so much and move it around is a big strength which like in like in the in the third episode we still get um really nice sword fighting where you've got the camera pulling up and and as they're sort of like trading blows the camera's almost circling them and it's like yeah it's a really nice nicely done sword fight i like a good anime sword fight and yeah and that looks great and that's part of why i liked episode three so much more is because the action looked good instead of instead of like somebody superimposed on a shitty green screen (laughs) but i think i think it's all all of all of us all of a one i think you that directorial panache and willingness to move the camera is makes both of those work. I think to get the stuff you like in episode three, you, you have to have them the willingness to do this to show the the scenes the way they do in episode one and two. Sure, I have no I, problem with that at the core. It's that they executed it fucking poorly in the first okay, two yeah. episodes. I I would also say that I'm happy that there's at least some interesting directorial control as opposed to just normal shonen battle yeah, affair. Like, I, it's doing something interesting. If it doesn't land every time, that's fine. At least it's something different. The closest thing I can actually think to something like this is uh, the ant film that me and Ben watched, Maquia. There's one scene. Do you remember this one, Ben, at the very beginning? You'll have to tell, you'll have to tell me what scene it is first. I'm sorry. <laughs> the one scene at the very beginning where the dragon enters the uh, massive um, hall of loom. Uh, oh, right. And he's ru- she's running through, uh, like, she's running away and the, the dragon's rampaging and there's some really great sort of interplay with 3D and 2D where she's, like, mm. climbing over his foot and then he stomps behind her and then she grabs onto, like... Um, one of the looms as it sort of like he flies away and that's like a really well done sort of purpose very obviously 2D or very obviously uh, 3D parts interplaying and meshing and to make a very real and very good a final effect I don't know what you thought Ben about that scene no I agree I agree completely and I think that they do a good job of like not making it a weird 3D monster chasing a obviously 2D girl there's a lot of like yeah. good back and forth and using 3d to have like a better sense of space and smoothness is always important and i mean i think that the as much as i did not like the writing in in maquia uh i i thought the direction and in general the like animation design was really good yeah yeah you know what show does like really three-dimensional camera swings in action really well is and i know that you hate this anime duncan but it's attack on titan when yeah no, no, no. Buildings. It's, it's fair enough like it, the the direction and action in that show is really fucking good and there's mm-hmm. a particular scene that i'm thinking of where it's actually not even versus titan it's, it's humans versus humans and it's just like it's so dynamic and all over the place but it feels like is that where he's on? like is that where he like lands on a cart and then he like slides through and it's like super spider-man but it's fucking awesome oh yeah no that, one, that whole fucking is anime it? is super spider-man right like, it's that's interesting the whole to me that um attack on titan comes from a a manga because it's mm. the, the the style of movement of the the camera in that that show it seems like so vital to the appeal of it like and that seems like something you'd have wouldn't be able to really replicate in the manga i would argue that actually a big appeal of attack on titan the manga not the anime is it's very political uh it is surprisingly (laughs) like slow and 
very talk heavy, uh, conversation heavy, and like they're always arguing and trying to figure things out. And yeah, there's action, but largely their goal is like the goal of the manga is not to just show cool fights. Okay, that's you know? interesting. Yeah. So um, it's, it's a case of that's that it really is like they've took the core concepts for the world and such, and then they've they've realized what the animation can do, and they've they've uh-huh. really made a they put their stamp on it. I, th- okay, I cool. think so. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, no, they apparently they researched loads like the movement of the 3D gear because the 3D maneuver gear in Attack on Titan is so unique and cool an idea that they really wanted to show off the as far as animation goes the how what they can do with that. So it's uh, a steam. It is a bit of a steampunk web spinner, but yeah. Oh, totally. <laughs> it's really that. Um, I was also going to say just two real two things quickly on Demon uh, Slayer. One, I love the uh, the when it does two D art style. I really love the like the visual design is really nice. Like there's never like, they never like do a smooth like it's never like a smooth curve. It already it feels sort of like an ukiyo-e paint like woodcraft painting in a way. Like very hard angles on on pretty much most of the the draw the lines. Do you know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah, the, the lines are, lines don't aren't even. They feel human. They feel like yeah. they're drawn with a brush or a pen rather than with a uh, digital tool. And it's yeah, it's got a lot of character and uses those the the depth and the the fineness of those lines to accentuate things, which is something you often don't see in animation. Often in animation, they'll just flatten the lines down to just a, a an outline whereas this is the lines themselves are adding character which is nice to see and then and then on top of that the sorry uh, one last thing on top of that the animation for the the guy which and this is my fucking hate this is my problem with the fucking translation they called him goblin mask when it's clearly a fucking tengu mask and it's like yeah motherfucker a tengu is a thing that people know and it's not a uh, it's not a goblin name and in uh, like if you type in the emoji in slack or something it's japanese goblin Ooh. It's still fucking bullshit <laughs> because it's a Tengu oh, yeah. mask. It's called a Tengu I mean, mask. He calls it a Tengu I, mask. I, I know, but like that—that's a common thing. Apparently, I mean, I didn't know it was a common I, thing until I saw that emoji and this. But you know, I, that's your, uh, that is literally the first time I've heard it outside I mean, of the yeah. trap, the crap translation of if, of goblin uh, mask. But to be fair, goblin means a thousand different fucking yeah. things in, well, in yeah, like, folklore. So you, like, you, you, I, I you put you look at goblin mask, and when you look at goblin slayer, and you're like, well, they're two different fucking things. Yeah. Um, but but anyway, yeah, no, I'm not disagreeing. <laughs> one, but, one thing I'll say, Andy, is that at this point, all he is is a a guy who trains him. We yeah, don't get any particular sense of what of him having any ability other than supposedly a good sense of smell, just like uh, the the <laughs> yeah. hero, which is like an interesting superpower, like his super power is he's got a good sense of smell he's like like, yeah smelling version of devil man um but i was gonna say i was gonna say um smelling devil man i was smell man Uh, i was gonna say man uh the thing i did like about the tengu mask guy is that um, they actually bothered to animate his mouth behind the mask, which yeah, I, that's cool. I, I've literally seen no other anime, to my knowledge, actually do that consistently. Like, I, it's the whole point of a mask is that you don't have to animate the mouth. Like, that's <laughs> yeah, why like, yes. exactly. 
But the fact that's that why everyone in Naruto is wearing a mask all the time. They're like, yes. <laughs> and the fact that, like, I mean, a, a, ancient Megas Bride, like, they didn't animate his mouth either. Apart from, didn't they animate it when it was chibi? I can't really remember how they animated his ma- yeah. his like mouth thing. But they just didn't yeah. fucking bother. It was really weird and nice to see that they even bothered to put in these little touches to animate behind his like him talking. Yeah, I didn't notice that, but now I'm gonna watch out for it. That's mm. cool. <laughs> I, I I also enjoyed um the in the I was a bit worried when I started watching the series that the sister character might end up a bit damseled because obviously like first episode mm. she's set up as the family's killed by vampires well for demons and sure, uh, yeah. she's sort of infected and he still wants to save her despite that and so she, she through through getting subdued by another uh, fighter she ends up with like this gag for lack of a better word like this bamboo gag and this it just makes her look really weird and like uh sort of almost it's a bit, it's a bit bondagey yeah like, yeah <laughs> but it's like and like that and the setup made me think is she just gonna like be this damsel who's dragged around with him and he has to protect before she's kidnapped again by the evil vampires but no episode two she literally kicks the head off another person and i was like yes this is good i like this, this. Is, yeah <laughs> also when the fuck is this boarhead guy coming in like that's what, okay, that's what i'm gonna say because that's why i decided to watch it i just love that yeah. dude with the boarhead he has no shirt and he just has a boar head. And I've been waiting for him to show up. That's why I started watching the show. I want to see him. God damn it. It's got I love a great OP as well in terms of yeah. the visual oh design. I, I'm, I'm look. It's when you I, see a visual I effect. I so desperately like. hope that the visual effect of those sword swings yeah. actually shows yeah. up in the yeah. show because if it doesn't, I want to be so yeah, disappointed. Yeah, we will riot. It'll be like, oh, hurumph, hurumph, hurumph. How dare <laughs> I mean, they? Not like, How dare like when they? the main character swings his sword in the OP, it has like this really cool oh, water effect. It's so basically like, the great like, wave of Kang. Off Kangaroo, yeah, 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 just yeah. following yeah. his sword sweeps, and it's it's lovely. It turns into a water dragon. It's so cool. I mean, yeah, that's. Just... <laughs> I imagine. I imagine though nothing. I imagine that's his power. Like he's gonna get some weird demon slaying yeah, yeah, power, yeah. and that's it. And I, I genuinely hope that's the case because I want to see that effect every time he fights. It's it was, so cool. It was fucking yeah. awesome. Okay. Uh, so yeah, that's Demon Slayer. What's next? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was pretty good. I liked it. Uh, okay, um, I guess Bungo Stray Dog Season 3 has started. Um, and it just like Season 2, it starts out going back in time this time, or this back in mm-hmm. time this time. Uh, and it goes to when Dazai's like like a teenager, like right after Mori, the doctor, kills the former mafia oh, yeah, boss. Yeah. Um, and this is also when Dazai meets up with Chuya, who is the big gravity power yeah, guy who gravity goes insane. And. God, I just love the shenanigans of those two going around arguing with each other, solving this crime, basically. It's so fun and goofy and, like, just, ah. Uh, I, I really like the dynamic of Chuya and Dazai, and I'm so glad that it went back in time again. And I don't know, like, I kind of just want to stay there. <laughs> yeah, you... I mean, like, that, that was my opinion when we watched the full thing as well. Like, the, yeah. the bits I enjoyed the most were when they, they cut the cast down to... And he's actually got someone who's like he's co- cooperating with, where he's not just oh he's the guy who can cancel powers. It's right. like they're, they're like he's being used to open weaknesses in coordination with someone else, mm-hmm, and that's mm-hmm. interesting rather than just be oh trump card yay. And what's interesting about this is like Dazai's a good guy in in Bungo Stray Dogs. Uh, in the first time you go back in time, it's like right 
when he makes that flip from being a member of Port Mafia to exiting the Port Mafia and trying to be a good guy because his friend dies and tells him, hey, try to be good because it's better on that side. Uh, but in this in this uh, flashback, like he's just a piece of shit. Like he's not a good person, and he he goes out of his way to make people or to like do bad things. And it's interesting because it's a very stark contrast. And like while you knew that he was in the Port Mafia before because of like season two's opening, and you knew that he was not a good person, and he chose to be a good person, even though I mean, you know what I mean, like, but. In this, like, he's just bad. Uh, it's just kind of interesting. But, oh, okay. I don't know. I just love the dynamic of those two so much. I mean, I'm probably going to watch the first couple of episodes just because, like, having heard, like, yeah, they're going back to when it's a tighter cast and everyone, the Port Mafia aren't just, like, a group of goofy people trying to kidnap <laughs> the, the one yeah. lead person and are actually maybe fighting a bit each other with a bit more peril rather than just the the red shirts in the background getting killed by the superpowered blokes something else interesting is like the setting for bungo stray dogs is usually very clean you know just like a city uh and in this little arc they kind of go to this slum which is this giant pit in the ground where somebody like like where there was an event and it just dug this huge pit in the ground cool uh and it looks like you know it's kind of dirty and grungy and and it's kind of really different and i i mean i don't know it's weird anyway yeah it's good okay cool i I like i like bungo street dogs but everybody knows this (laughs) so where from where do we go from b to c just just real quick can i ask uh you also watched the movie, right? I did watch the movie. The movie sucked. Let's not talk about it. Yeah, it's just bad. It's, it was just bad. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, because um, it flashed back and the protagonist that no one gives a shit about, uh, Tiger Boy. Yeah. Uh, it, we get to see his backstory again in more detail. We get to see a little bit. Uh, like, it's sort of like his backside story to where it's <laughs> his backside just, story what <laughs> yeah <laughs> i did Maybe not got okay. backside story <laughs> that was that was not intentional but you know like it's yeah. a side story of his Let's backstory it. and it's like completely inconsequential to the greater arc of him and it, it did not matter it, that's weird because usually when they usually when they release uh like a, a movie after a reasonably successful show it's to gauge to like do a smoke test for right. a third season um, but everyone I know hates the movie. It's it's not good. It's, it's yeah, it's just not good. I don't, don't know what's how it's connected to the third season, but I'm glad so, the third season's doing better okay. stuff. I'll briefly talk about what the big bad in that movie does. He is, <laughs> he he is able to steal the powers of, I mean, other people with gifts, and and he collects them, and at some point he absorbs all of them and becomes this weird fucking monster, and he summons a giant dragon that destroys like that area of the city and then chuya goes gravity power crazy berserk again and dazai uh died to poison but at some point like prior to that he had put a pill in his mouth and you see him put the pill in his mouth but you don't really know what it's about and then he somehow predicted that all of that was going to happen he was going to get stabbed by a poison dagger uh chuya was going to go berserk and then punch him in the mouth and the pill was going to break and it was going to cure him of the poison and then he could save chuya from being what <laughs> but why yeah. but, but he'll die isn't that what he wants why would he want to come back suicide's only for is only for shits and giggles andy it's not an actual <laughs> character motivation it, uh, it's something special i don't 
<laughs> I mean, I mean, very can I, wrong. Can I ask? Special. Did did he steal copy the powers or steal the powers? Because you he know, stole them. Like people did not have their powers. <laughs> in fact, they actually usually they usually die to their own powers. Not uh-huh. not like in Kuroko's no Kuroko no Basuke, where they stole and, <laughs> and copy. <laughs> I like I like I like Kuroko's no Basuke. <laughs> Kuroko's got no Basuke. Next. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll move on. Speaking Sorry. of sports animes, uh, are you it? not watching either the the, the baseball anime, Cinderella no, Girls, not. or whatever it's called? No, but I was thinking about watching it. It makes you talk about. Oh uh, yeah, I because that's another uh, uh, Adachi uh, from, from Adachi. Cross Game guy, right? Yeah, Cross Game guy, make and it, like it, everyone says, Cross Game's the best one. But they're like, yeah, Mix is Mix is good. Mix so. is a sequel, right, to another one. Or am I wrong? Keep talking for a bit, and then I'll come having magically summoned the answer. <laughs> what the, what the fuck Fair is, enough. What the fuck is this? What? Mix is a baseball anime by the guy who did Cross Game, as we just said. Um, right. Cross Game is Ben's Yeah, favorite. oh, it's a, it's a semi-sequel to Touch, which is... Oh, Touch, his, that's right. Nerd. Which is his first... His big breakout, I think, is Touch. Yeah. I, I keep. I'll, I promise I'll watch Cross Game. I don't know if I'll watch this one this season, but I, I think I'll have it, it in my mental back, back. It makes me feel like I should watch Touch. <laughs> but <laughs> right, that's that's what I was thinking. But Touch uh, is 101 episodes, so maybe I won't oh, watch Touch. <laughs> that's a lot of episodes. Oh, it's one of the highest rated TV shows, animation TV shows ever in Japan. Um, wow. C- consistent, consistently rated 30 plus percentage points during its run. Is that higher than Cross Game? So you're not. Yeah. So you're not watching the other baseball anime, Cinderella Nine. No. Didn't you watch Cinderella Girls, or was it uh, not Cinderella? Not 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 Cinderella Girls. The other uh, there was one before that. Princess. No, Princess Nine was the one that came before. Princess Nine. I lo- wait. Is Cinderella Nine a sequel to that? Because I, I like Princess think Nine. so. Let me find out. <laughs> <laughs> talking, talking about Cinderellas, real quick. I've been watching Iron Master Cinderella Girls season three. Yeah, go ahead. And, go ahead. Uh, it's exactly the same as the rest, and I love it. Okay. Well, I'm glad we finished that one. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think Cinderella Nine and Princess Nine are this are part of the same fictional are universe. Are they the same creator at all? Or well, Cinderella Nine is based on a mobile game, <laughs> so, so I don't no. think okay. so. Well, I'll uh, look at it at some point. I guess. I mean, because you're, you're <laughs> probably like you like watched a couple of not great sports an- baseball anime before, so yeah, I watched that and Momo something. It was the one where the girl was the uh, manager. Oh, anyway. uh, Moshidora. Moshidora. Yeah, yeah, I've been mean to watch that, that one. You liked that, I remember. I liked it. I also really like Princess Nine. Uh, I mean, they're not top tier, but did you ever watch Taisho Baseball Girls? Just real quick. No, I did not. Uh, I recommend that one. It's not as much about the sports, but it's about a bunch of girls in Taisho era Japan deciding to secretly form a baseball team. And oh, I've heard of that one. It's yeah, 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 yeah. it's not great. It's like middle middle brow jc staff um but it's still like there's a lot of cool historical details and it's it's also has like the part that i like most about like baseball anime which is explaining like the strategies and how you like yeah i love that get good at baseball (laughs) do you guys both actually like baseball no (laughs) okay what comes after a b for baseball john oh man b for baseball uh i'll talk about fairy gone real quick so this this is not a good anime but i for some reason feel compelled to watch it so the premise is there were there were like animals that were possessed by fairies they would possess some organ in an animal and give them like weird superpowers and humans were like "Ooh, i like that and then they 
fucking pulled the fairy organs out of the animals and implanted them into humans and made superpowered fairy soldiers that could summon fairies out of like their because of course that's the logical thing to do in this yeah, situation is, is this a sequel to argue tensei ningyo or whatever <laughs> <laughs> wait no, no, like no. surgery like they just ripped out yeah no they would literally they would extract the organ and implant it into a human i've got a pig fairy heart <laughs> right yeah and like uh, so it's and then sheep's like liver the, fairy <laughs> the first episode opens up with like actually really like the main character she's kind of awesome she has like this big fucking hunting rifle and that's like her weapon but then she gets possessed by a fairy and becomes a lot less cool um oh, too bad but she's the only human to ever get a fairy powers without an implant it just decided to fucking jump into her body yeah of course why not anyway it's the the fairies when they summon them are super bad cg like i complained about demon slayer cg this is fucking 20 tiers higher in bad um <laughs> or lower in good <laughs> anyway so yeah as, as you are want to do you create the superpower fairy soldiers and then you have them go to war and then the war ends and there are 17 exactly 17 of them left and now they're trying to fit back into society and that's the anime and it's bad and i'll keep watching it and i don't really know why <laughs> i mean it's like I, I brought up argue like sometimes just watching a bad anime with a lot of interesting ideas it's a it's a sweet release of I don't have to give a fuck and I just watch it. <laughs> if you miss a plot point, you just shrug your shoulders. Okay, yeah, okay. yeah. <laughs> it sounds like but, like a, a bit like the sort of stuff which they have going on in the background in Full Metal Alchemist with the the alchemists after the war sort of being like having to be re, re uh, integrated. Yeah, yeah into integrated. society. Yeah. Man, we've had but, Full Metal Alchemist on the brain the past month or so, haven't we? <laughs> we talked about a bunch last time too all right enough of Farragon. that shows bad don't watch it i will uh isekai quartet single-handedly hey. justifies the entire genre uh, good. it is so good it, it it is uh so there are four isekai that it pulls from there's the saga of tanya the evil there's uh re-zero uh overlord and most importantly konosuba and the main characters from all four of those are summoned into another another world where they have to play out a school se- a high school setting <laughs> and they're all the students and it is is it actually good rid- or is it just it's funny? ridiculous and it is hilarious and it is basically konosuba season three until we get the real season three or the or the movie <laughs> Yeah, or the movie. At one point, Aqua looks is like runs into Ayn's little gown. He's the big undead overlord, overlord. <laughs> and she's like, "I gotta kill him. He's undead." And so she tries to kill him, and she has like, you know, she, that's like her one good thing that she can try to kill undead. So he's like, "Oh wow, it actually hurt." But this whole time, he's just like freaking out, like, "Why? Why is this happening? I don't want to deal with this." And then Cosmo runs up and like bonks her on the head and drags her away, screaming. And <laughs> it's yeah, fucking, that, it's like, the way Ayn's is normally set up is like he's always like he's outpowers everyone by like the factor of a thousand like he's yeah. incredibly knowledgeable and powerful although at the same time secretly freaking out that he doesn't entirely know what's going on and here it's just like he 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 sees sees her she, she does this incredibly powerful holy attack and like kills his well not kills but knocks out his vampire lieutenant and hurts him which no one else has ever <laughs> done before and yet yeah. then along he along comes a, a normal human and just whacks her over the head and he's, <laughs> he's like what She's like Such incredibly powerful. What what are you doing? She's like. <laughs> There's another moment in the in the classroom when when oh one of the teachers is like this weird fucking eccentric billionaire from the Rezero world. I don't forget his name, but uh, he's lecturing. The, I forget his name, but he's lecturing the students at one point, and Kazuma has some inner dialogue where he basically 
basically goes Nani the fuck, and then it goes to Overlord Anzu Lugown, and he also has this inner monologue where he's like Duncan said, he's always freaking out because inside his head he's still this normal dude from a normal world, and he's just trying to fit in. And he goes Nani the fuck, and it's this really neat moment of connection to, with these two completely different characters. It's so funny. Uh, the the only ones that really don't fit in so far are the Rezio characters. Like well, it's a, it's, a, it's a different tone than the yeah. other ones. I feel like. Yeah, right? Like, Tanya... Ta- well, Tanya is pretty fucking dark. I recently watched it, and I really liked it. Um, but it's it's super dark. But, like, because it's so bizarre and over-the-top with this fucking 10-year-old girl leading a squadron of super-powerful wizards in a World War One setting, like, it's just ridiculous, and it kind of fits in here. But ReZero, like, like you said, the tone's so different. I, I don't really... I'm interested to see where they take that. But for now, the Konosuba and Overlord is um, so good. Does it, does it change their characters at all? Because I can imagine no, no, like no. in a setting no, like this, no. I don't know if they'll meld so well together. No, they're they're the same characters. Yeah. yeah Rem and Ram are actually... The abuse of Rem and Ram uh, throughout, uh, throughout him is, is still there and, and works better yeah. for comical effect here. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, but Amelia and... Oh, I forgot the main Puck? dude's name. Puck. Puck is there? Yeah, Puck is her. That is oh, little the buddy. the little oh the blonde. Oh yeah, she's there too, Beatrice. Beatrice, uh, yeah. I mean, these names mean nothing to anybody. Oh, and the, other, zero, and but... the teacher is that Margrave. Yes, I think that's right. Yeah, uh, he's the one who he's like Amelia's sponsor, I think, and he's yeah. just this weird eccentric dude who has a weird way of talking, and he's a teacher, and another teacher is uh, Tanya's general leader, and like it's yeah, whatever. Uh, it's fucking, it's how good. many of the isekai quartets do you have to have watched to get it all? Yeah, that was my question. Do you need to have seen all these to appreciate the jokes, or is it funny on its own? I would say. Konosuba stuff is good. Uh, I would say Overlord is the other essential one. Tanya the Evil, so far, not really. And ReZero, so far, not really. Yeah, it, uh, it does feel like the two big ones are Overlord and Konosuba, perhaps because... I think those two are most suited to being comedic, especially yeah. bouncing and off of each other. Also, this there's just more of those two in the anime compared to the other two, right? There's only one season of Tanya and one season of uh, ReZero. Whilst there's three of Overlord and two of Konosuba, even though Konosuba is only like to 20 episodes total. The other thing is, uh, Overlord had a uh, little spin-off series of um, OVAs, which I'm not sure if it was with a, with a DVD or something, but it's called uh, Play, Play, Play Play Clarities, which is like the name <laughs> of the uh, Guardians. They're, they're like a, his battle maids. Literally, like there's a group of yeah. super powerful like monster maids which guard the dungeon and like they did it in exactly the same style as this and that was actually in the same way funny yeah, I and, need to watch that. Uh, I absurd never did, but... it's good i i recommend it john if it as, as like uh if you enjoyed this you'll definitely enjoy that as well um yeah. so isekai quartet i highly recommend it uh i do i i am concerned that if you haven't watched overlord you won't enjoy it as much but mm. yeah i see that uh, okay, moving on. Robihachi. Uh, hey. I only watched this because Duncan mentioned it, and it's pretty good. I like it. It's, <laughs> it's just, it's super wacky. It's fun. It's, it's, I, I don't really have a lot to say about it. It's just really enjoyable. Yeah. Have you watched the second episode yet? 
Uh, yeah, I did. Uh, yeah, when they go to uh, Mars and the, and the, and he's uh, the other guy, Hachi, or no? Which one's Robbie and which one's Hachi? Robbie is the sort of space dandy esque, uh, lazy rich kid. Okay, who's, so Hachi who's is just... the is the super like like highly strong, uh, yeah, hi- yeah, 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 hyper competent. Yeah, so Hachi's like Martians are definitely not squid or octopus people, and <laughs> that was just in War of the Worlds. It's just fiction, he says. Uh-uh. And Robbie's no, 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 they are. Long, long story short, they go there, and there is a bunch of octopus people. And through a series of unfortunate events, uh, Robbie discovers that they're fake. They're not. They're just regular humans who are wearing those things as a tourist attraction. Yeah, <laughs> and, and, and like it's just it, funny. It's, it, uh, it, so wait, it, what's it, what's the premise of the show? <laughs> so uh, the, that's a good, that's a good question. You please explain it because I don't have. So words. the premise is that uh, Robbie is kind of like a bit of a uh, rich wastrel. He's like the son of uh, rich people who uh, who just like has been getting his way through life on his parents money and like very sheltered and just wants to leave and do whatever he wants instead and just has just been like been duped into scheme after scheme because he's never had to really worry about anything his life's really easy and he he just falls into things and falls out of them and like yeah he always blames his luck but he always lands on his feet afterwards and runs happily into the next one Uh, until one day along comes uh hatchy which is uh the uh the far more uptight the straight man of the duo like he uh, literally counts the calories he's eating he said i can't go over this and he, i think he's a vegetarian too he's not to say that vegetarian is high strung but like he's very very like strict about what he does you know? yeah mm. he's he's very conscious about what he eats and only eating certain things and he's, he's also it's like one is like doesn't give any thought about how he does things or what the consequence would be and the other only thinks about that and what happens in in the first episode is um Hachi's took on a job of like being a debt collector just on on a whim because he's he's met um Robbie and Robbie sort of inspired him to go like outside of his uh normal set planning and try something he never would have thought about and so he's like, oh, yeah, you inspired me. Now I'm going to arrest you and take to, you to my boss who's going to beat you up. And, it's like, <laughs> and Robbie's like, uh, uh, just look over there. And he's like, oh, you won't fool me with that. No, look down there. And it's like, oh, God, there's a robot headless there down there. And he's like, ah, and runs through an airlock. And it's like the entire first episode is just like them getting, uh, them having the runaround on Robbie's spaceship, which is his, also his apartment on overgrown on the top of a skyscraper with a giant soda can water tower on top of it. Mm. And the whole aesthetic of Robohachi is almost, it's very strange. It's like, it's like an optimistic Blade Runner almost. It's like, it's still um, neon billboards and like rampant commercialization, but everywhere sunny as well. Yeah, it's and, very bright instead of dark and gritty. Yeah. And like so, the first episode ends them getting chased in into orbit by the uh, sort of Chinese mafia who, who have a giant dragon head spaceship, which <laughs> looks completely absurd. And then finding yeah. two uh, that all along there's been two fighter jets sitting in the uh, hangar of, of Robbie's ship, which he had, which he stole from his dad and had no idea was there. And they yeah, they it's, fly. It's ma- hard. 
it's hard to talk about it. Like it's hard for me to explain why it's fun without just saying, Hey, this is exactly what it is, but uh, it's just fun. I'm sorry. I know that one word things are bad, but yeah. I think the closest I got in my notes is that it reminds me a lot of uh, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy in that it's Hmm. like a, a bit bit of like a, a tour of the universe. They're very much going from place to place, uh, but, with a, a more explicit tourism angle, and it's—I think there's actually a bit of um, uh, of similarities between like the the way you've got Arthur Dent, who's like this very cautious, very stuck in his way person, and you've got Seyfried Beeplebox, who's this outrageous um, person who just gets by on a whim, and the way Ro- Robbie is uh, is and Hatchy is, you've got this this, pe- and so you've got this, this pair of like highly competent, but very strict and completely incompetent but doesn't care and like, yeah that sort that, of chalk and cheese situation yeah, yeah. It's, it's it's a proper but it's a proper bod buddy he show and yeah it's just fun and it's got a good sense of humor and knows how to just like keep the pace going well and not not sort of drag next you- <laughs> You said uh, one more thing. Uh, you said uh, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, and it made me immediately think of Discworld, which is another very mm. sat- satirical series. Oh, so uh, two specifically, flower. Sp- yeah, two flower. Who is uh, he? Goes to like uh, Ankhmore Pork, which is this city that Discworld mostly takes place in, uh, and he's just trying to be a tourist. He just wants to see all sorts of exciting things, and he gets he just follows around this dumb wizard and like goes and gets in a lot of danger and like manages to escape and is just having a blast the whole time. Yeah, yeah. and that's kind of like I can see that that, that, that yeah, makes yeah. sense. Um, yeah, so that's two points of reference for you. Discworld's great. Read it. Um, yep. But I think the fact that we're talking it in even vaguely the same bracket as Discworld and Hitchhiker's Guide to Galaxy means it can't be too bad yeah those are those yeah. are strong bona fides i don't i don't want to put it on too high a pedestal because it does not reach that tier but it is i w- i do agree with the comparison um and it's fun it's fun it's fun shut yeah. up uh okay next uh let's go with uh carol and tuesday yeah yeah i really like this i know that duncan was down on it i don't remember what ben's opinion was but i have I have thoroughly enjoyed every moment of this show. I I love it. So Carol on Tuesday is about... It's about a rich girl who runs away from home and meets an orphan girl who's working part-time jobs. And they both love music and they're going to make a band. And they in the second episode, they get caught sneaking into a concert hall. And someone like who is doing, who's like doing sound repair stuff in the in the booth like films them and it goes viral and that's that's the sum of the past two episodes mm. um yeah that i mean that's not wrong uh the setting is on mars and basically almost all music is currently created by ai and people love it and i think 99 percent of the top hits for the past whatever year is what some dude said are created by ai you mean you mean evil yeah. emotionless producer guy who's, who's he doesn't even strike me as evil he's just kind of like weird and quirky and he just likes quirky. to do what he's doing <laughs> quirky is generous i think <laughs> i think the way they characterize him is he's never had to work with anyone he to do his job all he has to do is is have his ai tune them to do what he needs it to do and he's never really had to inter- interact with anyone else like the girl he's been set up to work with who is let's see name 
uh, Angela. She's great too. I love her too. Yeah. I, I'm, 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 I've, I've said said in, to Ben before that I actually hope Angela's going to end up the real star because the thing is, I quite like Carol and Tuesday as characters. Like they're both interesting and like I, I quite enjoy the world they're in, even though it is a bit edgeless and they all live in like incredibly huge apartments, even though they're living in minimum wage jobs. Right, and, the, and, and have... this this rough like dangerous city is so clean and and like no one's actually really mean except for stealing uh Tuesday's suitcase in yeah. the beginning. And I, I quite like the I like I, I like the environmental design. I love the weird owl clock which um, I love it. It just sits on 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 uh Carol's head and just goes whoop and just wakes her up by pecking her repeatedly and it's just like someone like if that doesn't end up as merch i don't know if someone's doing their job wrong and like they <laughs> like they have like tuesday having a motorized suitcase and and getting fed up for dragging it with her and then sitting on top of it and riding it along the road until it runs out of battery and then she's pushing it along and i like i like those little little bits where they're sort of just interacting together and it's like then they have to. Then they then they play music and spoil it. And like it's like having a good conversation at a party, and then someone gets out a guitar and starts strumming away. And but does no, do their characters no. do their characters not play into their music and the way no, that they? No, play? I see nothing of their characters in their music so far. It's really safe anodyne. I think Ben used was the word. I called it saccharine and anodyne, which makes it yes, sound like I hate yeah. it, but I. I think it's it's fine. It's my honest it's thing. Com- yeah, but it's, that's exactly it's, it's like the whole message they've been sent up so far is we've, you've got to you've got to have this real music. It's real music which comes from the heart and from the streets and and uh, from the rhythm on the on the beat on the streets. So you're saying and the, and the, but like it's like they're they're setting them up as like the antagonists against this pop music, and yet the the sound we hear coming out out when they they do it is like this perfectly produced smooth. Yeah, I mean that's when when you said that my my thing was like, well, it's it's one core. They've got a they've got a they you know them writing their first like blockbuster hit like in the, by the end of the first episode is like natural. They've got to hurry, but this is gonna be a two core show, twenty four episodes, and so like I don't know why they couldn't it couldn't be more work for them to write music um, and have them have it, it feel earned a bit more because Tuesday ran away from home because her incredibly rich parents don't want her to play her Gibson guitar and uh and uh Carol is only able to you know afford this incredibly spacious apartment and her Timberland boots which is the only thing she wears there's a lot of product placement in the show and it's really baffling to me it's uh, fucking funny there's also like in, they also do like Instagram posts and I guess there's like product they actually have an Instagram uh page in real life and you can go see it and the netflix ruined it by holding on to the entire series until the end of it so good luck with that marketing gimmick uh english speakers yeah yeah but just and when they also like drop a lot of names because it's like oh yeah i can the the guy the uh, producer's like i can make the ai imitate any singer and like michael jack entire of michael jackson's work we can we can recreate here um (laughs) but yeah i don't i like i like the world a lot Despite complaining about how it's not gritty enough when it's supposed to, when uh, Alba City is supposed to be, uh, despite its name, this this very like, you know, gritty kind of like tough city, and despite the fact that like the reasons that uh, Carol keeps getting fired from jobs seem to be bullshit, 
like she gets she gets openly sexually harassed in her job and she like and she gives them too much spicy mayo and that she gets fired and then she's hired as a professional mo- mourner and laughs instead and so she gets fired from that job so i mean well that one the second one i can understand like you're not supposed to laugh at a funeral okay but the first one absolutely you're right it's bullshit but also i, I like it i like the gimmick it's funny <laughs> that, that would have worked in her favor if this was that goddamn fucking cafe anime that was a couple of seasons ago Maydess? That's the one. I didn't watch Maydess. <laughs> no, no, none of us watched Maydess. Besides, d- didn't Duncan? Because he was... Yeah, I watched like a couple of episodes. I can't remember why. Yeah, because I, I quite like working. And so I, I watched it hoping it would be that and it wasn't. This all sounds pretty familiar, like, territory. Like, AI created music. It's not the first time that anime's done it. I can't think of any concrete examples. Maybe AKB0048? think had something like that but that was more about underground music and people being arrested for playing music you know what you know what uh, does have it andy is show by rock <laughs> i was gonna say show by rock as well <laughs> like is there any sort of do you think there's any message of- what okay i have a question why is that even a complaint that you have that it's been done before because 99 percent of the shit people watch has my been point done is before. is that uh is it actually trying to make a point about the industry above the music industry above hey why 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 aren't we just having more rock involved in no well it is casting elect the electro producer guy as the bad guy so far which yeah i don't even i don't even think he's a, presented as a bad guy he's just presented an, an as antagonist rather than bad guy antagonist yeah like cuz i cuz i think from what it seems like they are very clearly setting up that these two poor girls carol and tuesday are gonna like rock the music world because there's this um at the beginning of every episode so far and i hope they don't keep this up for the entire show they talk about the uh seven minutes of wonder or whatever the miracle of mars well I'm, well what i'm what i'm what, I, what we're really hoping is that at least what me and duncan were really hoping it's just it's what just a, the seven minutes of wonder sorry we don't we don't know there's just this there's this cheering stadium and there's all these like like streamers and stuff coming down and the narrator's like Yes, the seven minutes of wonder changed Mars forever, and it started with these two girls. And then we flash back um, from that like vignette to see what, and it's like, oh, so yeah, it's, it's really bad. So it seems like it's setting up for these two poor girls to like rock society with this. But twenty four episodes is so many episodes, and they're already like <laughs> they're already like a third of the way there. It feels like um, they're already a viral also, sensation. Worth noting. Worth noting that the narrator is also their manager. Yes, who's a who's a drunken ass, a drunken buffoon who loves old music. I, I, I hope they keep that up and it continues to be like to have this like unreliable tone yeah. to it because he's like probably maybe in a lot at the end of a lot of his. Yeah, sentences. and, and like, like them bringing that in has give, has made me like because it was like the first time you hear it as he said in such a definite way. Oh, it was the miracle of Mars. It was the seven minutes which changed the world, and then. In the second episode, he comes in and you see him, like, you're introduced more fully to the manager and you hear him talk and you realise it's his voice. Mm-hmm. Which is, mm-hmm. and, and you then hear him say, probably, and it's like, okay, that's that's more interesting. Like, it's a bit less definite. Like, But but I hope I hope that the I hope that the pop star and the producer aren't the antagonist. I hope that there's something bigger or weirder. And I feel like introducing the manager and him being unreliable hopefully lays the groundwork. This is gonna be this is gonna be fucking uh, soccer quest all over again, isn't it? Um, <laughs> no, I'm gonna like this from beginning to end. Fuck you. Uh, but but I hope that they're laying the groundwork for like it's not 
the fact that it is very formulaic is a red herring rather than just an extremely like expensively and beautifully produced anime playing it safe in terms of their plot mm-hmm. and characters. It's just like the thing which it reminded that 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 little introduction that talking about that them in this this way of like a band who changed the world the thing that keeps reminding me of is like bill and ted like the the, the, <laughs> oh, that's, the way that's, uh, that's hoping for too much duncan i'm sorry <laughs> and like that that actually has the same idea of like here's like two people who come along and like their music changes the world actually brings about world peace and and they hype it hyper they go so hyperbolic with it that and in the end, they picked such a, a bombastic piece of stadium rock for the tune which changed the world. That the the, the show the, the film actually pulls it off. Like you can believe, like in this little world they have, like like this is where this rock world where uh, just enthusiasm and good intention etc. wins out. And like so far, Carolyn Tuesday just seems so sincere and unaware of any sort of how absurd its premise is until the manager came along. And I'm just hoping, hoping that he is the person who's going to subvert it a bit. But... I mean, worst comes to worst, this is Violet Evergarden, but for music. Um, uh, don't say it. That's not going to happen. Violet Evergarden is trash. This is not going to be trash. Are you willing... What are you willing to bet on that, John? Come on. Uh, I'll... I'll... Let's see, what anime would you want me to watch as... Cross Game. Uh, <laughs> I mean, that's easy, because I want to watch Cross Game. I just That's the perfect punishment. <laughs> Do I get... No, no, no. I get to pick at the end, and John... Ah. Yeah, you can make me watch the, the shittiest romance anime you can think of. Oh, if I, yeah. If I, end up, if I end up not liking this show. N- Nisekoi. That's fucking Java. <laughs> I think John would actually end up kind of liking parts of Nisekoi that aren't yeah, the romance. Yeah, I think he probably would. Uh, but I think like, but surely the whole thing with like the music that the music part. I don't. Does it really matter how, whether the song is good? Because you know, like David David Hasselhoff brought down the Berlin Wall, which makes no sense. Anyway, I'm gonna say, ignoring <laughs> everything that all of you have said, that I like the song, and I really liked it at the end of episode one. It sounded really shitty, and I was like, this is this really it? And then in episode two, they played the full song, and it was genuinely good. I thought it was great. What I do enjoy is that all the music's in, and this is a grand, just me being selfish, but all the music's in English. And it's not in, like, English. It's in English. And it's, like, actual, like, um, American bands, I think, are being tapped for the OP and ED. And also, one of the girls is black, and it's not a big deal. Yeah, it's not a big deal, except she loves Timberland Boots. Um, is that a... No. <laughs> that's, just her, that's just her character. Her character trait is that she's black, that she can't keep a job, and she has Timberland Boots. Yeah, and they do a, a slightly dodgy thing with her and her image search results, but that's about it. There's nothing, nothing too bad, thankfully. By by the standards I'm used to with, with anime, like she's a positive, right. shining coming example. off of Promise Neverland and Sister Crone. <laughs> I ended up liking Sister Crone as a character, but, but her the des- design is the problem, is what I mean. And she just looks like a person. Like they don't do like the weird blackface. I don't even. I think her design is mostly fine. It's just when they present her as a crazy monster and they give her that monster face that is bad. Anyway, we've talked about that. Uh-huh. Before. Moving on, guys. Girl on Tuesday is going to be great. It, I mean, um, it, at the worst, it'll be mediocre. And I, I can deal with a super produced mediocre anime. See, I'm happy either way now. Either I get a good anime or I get to make John watch a romance anime of my choice. Either way, I uh, To be win. clear, I have to not like it. As what I'm saying. And I will be honest, because you, you know that I'm not going to lie about that. I don't ever lie about anime. 
I'll look you in the eye, John, and we'll see. Uh, I guess next up I'll do Sada Zanma, which is uh, wacky, fun, gay, and also there's weed. In the second episode, there is there is weed in the second episode. Yeah, it's just like straight up this kid is just growing weed in his apartment and he gets a gun delivered to him, except it goes to his neighbor by accident. Because that's the running joke with them. Yeah, uh, and then they're all, they turn into Kappa and then... So this is the la- this is the latest uh, from Kunikyo Ikahara. He of uh, Revolutionary Girl Utena, Mawaru Penguin Drum, and Yurikuma Arashi fame. Um, I was observing that this looks special for various reasons first and foremost because like the main characters are dudes which is ultimately not the case uh with any of his previous works um and also the fact that he tends to do a different project a different studio and he's doing this with with mappa and it looks great um and all the kappa puns are dumb but (laughs) and and joyfully untranslated so that Uh you don't get any of them (laughs) yeah um, but yeah, it just, it's, it's very much his kind of work where there's like lots of like obtuse, fanciful symbolism. And there's like a lot of this like weird psychosexuality with all the interactions where they get eaten and kind of pooped out into eggs. And then they stick, they turn into anal beads to get, uh, and it, it could be creepy cause there are three little boys, but I don't think it comes off as creepy. I think it comes off as genuine and I like it. When, when I started, like when I finished watching this the best way i could sort of explain it in my head was if you were not into anime and you had someone you know you then had a thought about anime it would fucking be this show because it makes <laughs> like you you start you think of like it, it's like all the touchstones of like what i think normal jock people think that anime like is the it's weird parts of anime it's yeah. wacky it's got a song in it for no reason that is original to that show it's like got some weird sexualized stuff and then you reveal some truth about yourself like with an inner monologue it's mental but i re- i enjoyed it like i really enjoyed it uh it was super bizarre like, super weird one of, the main, one of the main characters dresses up like he cross dresses as yeah. an idol girl so that he can take pictures of himself with things and talk to his brother through the because his brother which his is, brother thinks he's friends with the idol but it's actually his older brother pretending yeah. to be and is the younger brother sort of like a, a shatin? Is he like Hikimori? Or was that me? No, I think he's just a dumb kid. <laughs> All right, okay. Yeah, just... That was just me, like, uh, what's that, projecting. <laughs> he also comes off as very feminine. I don't know if that's intentional. Or it's well, just... well, interesting. I wanted to point out that, like, I know that this is my my jam, but, like, the, the uh, staff for the show is really, like, peculiar, where he's, fr- f- um, he's got a... a uh, chief director over him who has worked um, as character designer and occasionally as a director on a lot of shaft stuff, which is why I think a lot of the direction feels very shafty, even for how how bright and colorful uh, Ikuhara stuff usually is. And the uh, character designers, um, the character designers and animation directors are from idol anime. Uh, one guy did all the design work for uh, Ikat's friends. Anyway, there's a there's a there's a very long running um, show from uh, 2012 to 2016 and beyond where and there's like hundreds of episodes and so that's one guy and then the other guy uh, worked with Idolmaster Cinderella Girls and Wake Up Girls as character designers so like they've tapped all these female idol artists to work on this dude dudes transforming into Kappa show uh, and that's, yeah that's weird. 
Which is, I guess, why all the, like, there's, like, everyone's, like, even the, one of the characters is a delinquent who, again, has a grow operation, a weed growing operation in his apartment, and, like, is first seen trying to, trying to break into a car by, like, jimmying the door, uh, and he bought a gun off of capazon.co.jp, um, which is not a real website, unfortunately, I checked. Um, it would be really easy to buy that, but it probably would, like, have Amazon coming after them. Uh, which you don't want to do but like he's like even he's supposed to be like a like a bad guy and he like looks very like soft and handsome and like no one looks that mean or scary even the the weird sharp teeth police officers who are apparently causing all the kappa zombies that the kappa have to fight have we have we actually described what this anime is about we did don't worry we did yeah we did it is it is definitely though has like a lot of there, the, the the joy of watching, especially later era Ikuhara, because like Uten, I think is very carefully paced and like the symbols are very considered. But as he's um, had to work with shorter run times and have less spin up to production, there's this great game that you can play of: is this a symbol, or does Ikuhara thinks it's think it's funny or weird and just put it in for no reason? Like because it's Kappas versus Otters, right? Otters are the bad guys, and they have that like otter symbol, an otter holding a ball, which shows that like mm-hmm. people's dreams are getting stolen and the policemen yeah they like they take these people who who really really want something that but they keep it a secret and they turn them into massive zombies that the boys have to turn to kappas um by the help of the heir to the first heir to the kappa kingdom um (laughs) kepai uh he'll to turn them into kappas and then they they turn into a spinning disc of kappas and block a bunch of tentacles and then they fly around the back um, we'll sing the song about there's something I need to get. It's very, yeah, it's very, it's very Ikuhara. This could be a B plot in Penguin Drum. Like he's, he, he likes stock, highly structuralized stock scenes that yeah, repeat every episode with like a song and like, it's not, but it's not just reusing art. I think he just likes this kind of Brechtian sort of, uh, ritual that has to be performed in every episode as part of the climax. And in, in Utena, it's the, in Utena, it's the uh, ascending to the dual ring. And in Penguin Drum, uh, it's the uh, survival strategy. And then they're all chained up. And she walks down the stairs as, like, she gets invisibly undressed, their sister. Um, so, yeah, it's, I don't know. I, I'm enjoying it's it. Also, it's also, like, parody takes on, like, transformation scenes from, like, magical girl shows. It's oh, yeah. Well, well, my, my interpretation of them all. Like, well, he just... he worked on Sailor Moon, like, he directed Sailor Moon R&S. That was his entry into the into right. the industry. So, like, he has worked with magical girls since, I mean, we have in uh, in Yurikuma Arashi uh, repeated scenes where girls transform into bears, um, and then everyone, like, scrolls on their phone, and they get a call about, are you willing to, like, what are you willing to do for love? And there's the trial scenes in Yurikuma Arashi. This seems a lot more together than Yurikuma Arashi. I think I was talking with John before we started recording. Mm. I feel like it's the opposite, because this is way more over the, all over the place, whereas Yurikuma Arashi was very consistently about these bare lesbians. And <laughs> this is, like, like I said, it's it's... It's got weed just out of nowhere. Well, he's a bad guy. He's like working. He's like he works for his brother, who's who's a, a gangster. I think is the is the idea. Yeah, I think that's the idea. Well, one thing that I really like about Sarazanmai is, uh, I mean, I've only ever seen Yurikuma as, as the other uh, uh, Ikuhara one, mm-hmm. um, but I like that this takes place in like a realistic city, mm-hmm. uh, and then also just has this wacky stuff happen on the side, as opposed to Yurikuma, which is very much in the, a fairy tale book. They were being, yeah. 
yeah, they were behind a giant wall protecting them from the bears, and the bears would sneak in, and the bears were lesbians and all that. Shit. Yeah, Ping- Penguin uh, Drum also takes place in a in a uh, in a, a yeah, real location. I, I did start yeah. episode one of that at one point, and I just did not continue at the time. No. But I do. Want to I think this is the highest overlap with Penguin Drum, which makes me feel good and bad because I think Penguin Drum actually has a lot of really smart ideas. They're a bit more accessible and less abstract than Revolutionary Galudna. But I also think that it that Penguin Drum is a hot mess that shakes itself apart by the end and doesn't really pay off a lot of the best stuff that it comes up with um but who knows anything is possible <laughs> also what is with that one i've only seen the first episode of Sanzan Mai, but what is with the like the one shot which is very much like a hand model like it's completely different animation like style it's just like a you know the bit i'm talking about no what sh- a shot of what like, they, it's like a shot and it goes up to one of the like the a land like a giant lantern but it's very clearly like a paper craft like road that they've just filmed into do you not remember that from the first episode i does anyone else remember that i don't remember this no are you talking about the ed yeah yeah it's just part of the uh um, transition sequence between uh them becoming uh it's it's oh, when the that. prince oh, yeah, has them in yeah, his little yeah. rickshaw and he's running and he's taking them from um, the normal world to the kappa world of desires and you're just like running towards this this little lantern and it's just no more significant than that like this transition from like the world they're into like this dramatic battle world like it was interesting you mentioned in the transformation sequences earlier because I think they put far more emphasis on the ch- transformation back than the transformation into Kappas. Like, yeah, there is like a really gross sequence of the Kappa, the Kappa f- swallowing them and then pooping them out as fucking like Kappa form and uh, which are pretty they're they're pretty cute kappas i have to say like the design of the kappas is pretty when they do their like poses like their sentai poses at the end uh i like that i like that their hair is different for each of them uh and they have the different like patterns on their bellies yeah just finishing that that thought off like the the sequence where they're sort of skating uh and their desire is 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 revealed is the one which seems to have the more significance and the more effort put on it and so like Normally, transformation sequences in Magical Girls are about uh, becoming someone else, whereas like the the big emphasis one is about them revealing who they already are, or at least revealing who they really are. And so, I mean, it, it it may or it may not. That's the the magic of Iguhara. I did just as a side note before we move on. I did enjoy that the original PV for this was animated characters in live action and i think john and i had a moment where we were just like oh man is it going to be yeah. like live action backgrounds for... i was so excited for that and then it didn't but at least no it's <laughs> but it's, it's the ed which is yeah. spectacular i think probably the most yeah, the ed looked great i was just like i was really hoping that would be the whole show but it wasn't yeah i, I and i like that this is is a proper old-fashioned show in, in that it sticks significant things after the ed Make sure you watch the after the ED in the second, because like that's an entire character's motivation and and thing popping out of nowhere. Which uh, let's just address quickly. Um, like one of the characters is is gay and has feelings for one of the others, and like it's the way that's presented is actually it's it's a little weird, but it's also yeah fairy again to bring up fairy tales. I think yeah, it's like kind of a. The uh one of the main character, what's his name, Kazuki, who's uh who had spent the entire episode chasing a cat because um the idol girl, whose name is Azuma Sara, uh like announces on her show 
which weirdly has text at the bottom that like warning normal people can't see this which who knows if that'll pay off or if that's just ikahara being weird um but he has uh she announces selfies and so he has so to keep up the sham that he's asma sarah with his brother he has to had to find a cat and so he like spends all day chasing the cat and then gets photographed the cat and then falls asleep and then at the end of the credits uh we see um we see uh enta the uh glasses guy walk by and and kiss him and it's yeah it's like not great in terms of consent but it does it does seem very sweet and chaste in a way that we rarely see homosexuality depicted in anime so and like the the other thing is like the 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 idol herself has like a pet slash um I don't know whether you call it sidekick who looks very much like another Kappa or a Kappa princess. Uh, maybe the, something will come of the whole. I would be very surprised if uh, she is nothing more than window dressing for uh, uh, Kazuki to dress up as. She, I mean, she's going to come into play at some point. I mean, I'd be very surprised if she doesn't. You can't know. That's the thing, though. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, my last one is One Punch Man season two which is a very disappointing follow-up to the previous season. Yeah, I, I sort of just seen some bad PV and I'm like, I'm probably not going to watch this. Uh, I'm watching it because I wanted to see how bad it gets. Um, it's Honestly, it's mostly just average instead of fantastic, and that's why it's disappointing. Um, but I still love Saitama's voice, and King is fantastic. Yeah, King's... I mean, like, that's that's the, the tragedy of it. Like, it's still got the, the key key bits, like, the Saitama's performance is great, and it's still got, like, this good, dry sense of humor, and, and all the stuff with King King's, is, King's like... stick, by the way, is he's supposed to be, like, the strongest hero, but he actually is just a normal guy who constantly gets stuck in situations where it looks like he beat up a monster, yeah. and so people give him credit, and when he, like... When he runs into a monster, like he they they call it the King Engine, but really it's his heart beating so loud and fast because he's fucking terrified, and it's really funny. Yeah, and he just freezes, yeah. and he he's he's got a scar, and he looks really fierce. Yeah. And... He he just wants to play his his <laughs> dating sins. Mm. And I like that they're they're not actually just cruel to him; like they are a little bits. They do do that. Saitama doesn't like just completely dismiss him out of of hand as like oh you're worthless because you're just pretending like she's like hmm yeah like just try just put in the effort get good well, that was that was never really saitama's jam to just dismiss powerless people he was always yeah he just didn't really care like yeah that makes sense he's he's a very apathetic look on the world i think it's i think it's more like a lonely depressed look at the world but comes off as apathetic and and this like he's just openly like wants to become friends with king which is interesting because i think before in the previous season he would not have this season has as andy said like the most atrocious um um uh, opening credit sequence it's just absolutely an utter trash it just it's like uh, i i think I'm not sure if it was you, John, or if it was Jeff who described it as like a, a motion comic. It's just like, oh, that that's exactly what it feels like. Like in the early 90s where you'd get like something like Batman having like a, oh, here's a motion comic, which is like the pages of, of our thing animated so you could see the real movement and express the dramatic tension of it. And no, it was actually terrible. And like, oh, God, they have learned none of the lessons of that. It's like, oh, the... Like the the worst bit for me though is um uh, Genos who's who's a cyborg so in the first series 
the, the face is bad, but for me the worst bit is his armor because they've they've decided to airbrush it. But now, like this is like a, a particular like methodology gripe, but it's it, it, like airbrushing it produces this really smooth gradient, so you can make things look really nice and smooth and shiny, and like it's a great technique for doing that sort of thing. However. It animates absolutely atrociously unless you're prepared to put in a huge amount of effort. Because every any time it moves, you have to move the gradient just a tiny, tiny amount, and then a tiny, tiny amount. Unless you're going to take com- complete shortcuts and not move it at all. In which case, the character's moving around and it looks like he's not moving at all because the lighting isn't changing at all on his metal. Because if you move like a metal object around in the light and just sort of change it, one of the, the, the things which is like fascinating about them is how the highlights and the, the shadows just flip as soon as an, an edge changes and just the light almost runs from one bit to another. And it's it's one of the things which we sort of instinctively recognize as making an object metal. And when you try and do that with like an airbrushed effect, you, you can't unless you're prepared to like throw like a huge amount of production time in it. And they just don't. It's And so you just get this... They change it from being... The first series was incredibly dynamic. It was all about the way that he moved. And, like, just, like, the... We were talking about uh, uh, Demon Slayer earlier and, like, the movement in that. Series 1 of One Punch Man was the same. It it had incredibly dynamic uh, camera work and uh, character movement. And it it flowed wonderfully. But in this one, it feels like it's, like change the uh, the rhythm of it so like if the first one was like someone smoothly describing a, a almost poetry of of motion like this one's like a series of like first Jonas raises his arm yeah instead of like one smooth animation of the same you know same viewpoint it's the camera's just cutting around constantly to like this this shitty shortcut for a dynamic uh, action but it just looks bad and just it just feels like a cheap cheap rendition right it just exactly, feels cheap exactly. like and and you know this is a shame because a lot of the great stuff with one's manga is uh which is animated by i can't remember the name guy did i girl who did eye shield is uh like it you you can some of those chapters and some of those panels are literally a flip book like there are so many gifs online of like them having uh like you know it rotating around one person it's just an individual mm-hmm. style and it's so fucking smooth and that's why like <laughs> but i th- i think the problem is is andy that in this case they've took that they've took that universally rather than specifically like those scenes might be great but probably the majority of the of a manga you try and do that it fails and that's what they're doing here they've it, it feels like it's going from panel to panel and it's just has no rhythm to it it just feels completely broken up and like like a lot of people talk about uh, modern um action movies in things like the uh, let's let's say like the avengers for instance where to hide the fact that it's cg characters they'll cut they'll constantly cut and so there's you lose a sense of actual location of the the fighters and their location and i'm i'm getting the same same, same from this cuz like in a little alleyway fight between genos and this other robot i have no sense of of how they're fighting of of where one is in in 
relation to the other. But yeah, in the finale of uh, season one, you can have Saitama and Boss literally flying through around and uh, like. Yeah, real sense of weight, place, destruction, and sort of like, yeah, location. It's like you you can't convey character through movement if there isn't enough movement for it to happen. It's like in the first season, like it was it was amazing because like as John says, like a big part of the, the the whole gimmick of One Punch Man is like he's so strong that he can fight anyone and and beat them with one punch, and like his the apathy they work into mm-hmm. his animation like everyone else is doing typical di- dynamic sort of like comic book rah, 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 jumping around and dunching the, the muscles and, <laughs> and instead saitama's just like walking at high speed and so there's 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 like this one uh episode where i think he i'm not sure if it's the boris fight or the episode before where the other guy's like doing the typical like hyperspeed attack and all Saitama's yeah. doing is walking backwards really quickly and it's just like see these speed lines and he's just going backwards and just has this perfectly calm look on his face which is where a lot of the great comedy from that show pulls from it's just his mm-hmm. uh, lack of power showing his power uh, yeah in, I think end of story like it's disappointing but I do still love the performance of Saitama and I'll I'll keep watching and I'll continue to be disappointed. I wonder, apart from obviously us, I wonder how many people are actually upset. I wonder how many people actually care. Do you know what I mean? Like I, I think, I think they'll care when it's a character they care about who, who, and it doesn't live up to billing. That, and I see a lot of people, and I, I mean, me and Ben have briefly talked about this, who who insist that it's the same. And it hasn't dropped in quality, and that is yeah. They don't they don't know that it's a different different studio, different crew. Yeah. Don't know they don't know about the. Uh, they don't but know I about the. I'm just yeah. It doesn't surprise me because I, I I have people at work have come up to me and talked to me about One Punch Man, and they're like, can't wait for season two, and I'm like, it's gonna yeah. be terrible, and they're gonna be like, well, why why is it gonna be terrible? And then when I try to tell them, they're just like, I don't care. And I'm like, that's yeah, fine. Yeah. I do. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I I think John's John's right. The 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 core of it is still there, the the comedy elements, but it it does feel like it's now just a a, mm-hmm. a rote adaptation of the the comic. I'm also curious where they're going to end this season because the manga, like the Murata redraw, is still going in this current arc and doesn't look like it's going to end anytime soon because he just keeps adding more and more shit. <laughs> like side stories from like stuff that was not in the original one webcomic. So I'm curious if they're going to finish it or. The, the, so let me ask you, you something, John, like the main arc. So this for this season seems to be his uh, conflict against this, like hyper competent martial artist who wants to become a villain. Mm-hmm. Have they resolved that yet in no. the manga? No. 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 Okay. Well, the comic, the like, web comic did it a long time ago, but the manga okay. still. Okay. So, so they do have that to draw from at least. Yeah. Uh, but it's, yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm curious where it'll end. Do we know if it's two core or one core? Uh, keep talking and maybe you'll find out. <laughs> I can't imagine it's two. Oh, I think it is two core. If it's only one core, I, they're going to have to fly through that material because there's a lot of it, at least in the manga redraw. Um, and if based on season one, they did include a lot of the side yeah, stuff. Yeah, we don't we don't know how many it's going to be. So I mean, like we were we were 
sort of worrying like are they trying to get this out before rights expire or something is there like a 2020 deadline on their 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 holdings on uh, the adaptation it's like shit we got to get another two seasons out before our, our license explodes but i don't know I, what i want to happen is i want this to finish and then i want them to give it back to the people who worked on season one and yeah. just, be doing it. just just madhouse Which do is, it for the netflix will, release will never happen of course but man <laughs> yeah, yeah poor jc poor stuff <laughs> yeah I, they just it, it's fine they just don't do like particularly i don't feel that they really care that this is much. not their strength yeah at all they're like as much as I love Shokugeki no Soma, it, uh, the animation's garbo. Like it's pure trash. They do they do Kanosuba as well, right? No, that's Dean, isn't it? Oh, you're right. It is Dean. It is Dean. Can I, I quickly mind. talk about the one show that I'm watching that I know you guys are watching? Uh, we never learn Bokuben. It's trash tier, but I fucking love it. It's about a guy okay. who's quite who's very good at studying, and then there are two geniuses: one in literary studies and another one in physics. Um, who both suck at their other person's relevant field. And then it's he has to, in order to, because he's very poor, he wants to get into an amazing university. So that's why he studies all the time. He then has to teach them to learn their respective fields of study. And then there's also the childhood friend who's an amazing, like, uh, athletic person but she's so fucking dumb she's gonna fail the university degree so she's not gonna get into university and it's a reverse it's a harem anime about like girls trying to study but it's pretty funny like the they both really want to learn their alternate so the the physician wants to learn how to do literary studies the literary studies wants to know how to do like physics and maths and uh yeah it's funny it's really good i'm enjoying it a lot even though it's trash so it's like that the main gimmick like you have people who are entirely suited for one thing but want to do another yeah and and their their reasoning is is like i'm a genius why can't i do this like i don't and you know he goes like they have also their own home tutors and they tried and they've gone through like 11 or 13 or something and then they fall onto this one guy because and if he doesn't he doesn't make them learn then he doesn't get his golden ticket into university and therefore a good like like a good life in the future so it's all riding on that so is his golden ticket so okay so he's been set up to teach them by by the present by the uh the principal of the school so what what's is the sort of idea that that he needs to just get them to to learn this bit and and get bored of it again so they go back to being what they're good at not well this is the thing this is this is what he sort of he he goes through a lot of the motions like that way he was just like why can't you just teach each other your respective fields if you're so fucking great at it and they're just like well we can't because we're so knowledgeable it's like how do we even start like we're not there to and again i think this is a problem that i think a lot of academics have like we're not there i'm not i don't know how to teach you but i know about the like the field of expertise that i'm great at uh and so they're just like no we can't do that and they are trying to learn each other's sort of field and it's and it's sort of him then because he has a good knowledge of both of them he's not an expert but he's very competent and uh he he sort of teaches them and like gives them like handbooks and shows how hard he studies and stuff it's it's trash it's like it's 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 like the end game that what's the end game though i don't understand like they they he he successfully teaches them they graduate and then they go off and do the thing they're terrible at or they go off and do the thing that they're amazing at 
at the end, like, so I haven't, I don't know about all of it, but the, the literary girl who wants to become a physician, she wants to become an astrologer because of, uh, like, I think her parents died and they said that they'll be looking at her in the stars or something. I don't remember. I don't think that's it. It's something stars related. I, that's all I can really remember. But she wants to go and study astrology in a great university, but obviously she can't because she doesn't know anything about physics. So it's about him. It's about her. She's wanting to progress a career in that's, astrology. That's almost an interesting setup. Like, like yeah. she gets, she's her her parents give her this incredibly poetic uh, sort of reason to love the stars, and she she truly does love the stars. But she's terrible at everything she has to do. Yeah, and and it goes against the sort of like them sort of being in the grain. Just like, well, why don't you just fucking do literary study? Because like, I don't want to do literary studies. That's not what I'm interested in. It just happens that I'm really fucking good at it. It's it's interesting. It's funny. Uh, it's got a lot of. Uh, I'm not gonna lie. It's a bit ever in some places because there's a childhood friend who's really good at swimming. So there's a lots of shots of her in a swimming costume, which is hey. It's a it's a Harlem anime, like what you kind of expect, but it's funny and uh, I'm enjoying it. It makes me laugh quite a lot uh, because for such clever people, they're incredibly stupid. And when you've got like um, a, ma- a master physician physician trying to like answer questions like what does the character feel in this situation, and she's just like, how am I supposed to fucking know? Like this isn't an equation I can just work out. Like it's it's interesting. It's funny. Uh, I really enjoyed it. I don't think it's going anywhere, but I like it a lot. Before we get on our our, our final thing, I'm very, very quickly going to, because you've talked about high school stuff, I'm very quickly going to talk about uh, Hitori Boki no Mamoru Sekatsu, which is a a nice little high school comedy about a girl who has incredibly bad anxiety and has just transferred from her, gone up from, I think it's... um, change schools by going up grade so going from like secondary to primary school uh, i don't know what the equivalent would be for americans but um the idea is like she's only had one friend all that time and that now they're finally separated and she's been clinging on to this friend and her friend says they're right i'm not going to talk to you again until you make friends with your entire class and like she's completely devastated by this because like she's never had another friend apart from this girl and she's incredibly shy and incredibly socially incompetent but now in order to see and be with this person who's really important to her again she's actually got to make friends with other people and so it's it's like uh, it's like a nice watamote. It's like if instead of every attempt she makes to make friends ending horribly and making her situation worse, if they actually sort of quietly worked and her life just got a little bit better uh-huh. each episode, and it's it's nice and comforting and and but still like not like completely absurd and so it's yeah it's nice it's like a anxious girl slowly makes friends i I could i can totally like that's totally sort of like the warm bath anime like du jour like (laughs) sort of setting that uh yeah that i think is the sort of stuff that i can very easily get just like dealt dive into and not it's really really just easy easy watching just turn off you know, I also tried watching that fucking uh, Yatogame-chan Kansatsu Nikki, which is about a guy going to Hoka- uh, to Nagoya and then really hoping that everyone speaks like the Nagoya dialect and loving Nagoya and only finds one girl who does it, and it's not that good. 
mostly because nobody because the Nagoya the jokes are fucking untranslatable. Like you can't explain <laughs> why like unless you know Nagoya, you can't explain why this guy is so like so, pissed. So they've made a show about dialect. They've and... made a show like, a <laughs> strangely super enough. regional show which you can which unless you've been to Japan and you know about Nag like you know Nagoya, like you have no reason why you have no like frame of reference as to why he's upset that they put on like the sauce on tonkatsu wrong and you're just so like, it's, it's, it's like <laughs> zombie land saga without the zombies or idols yeah and it's just purely like just weird regional jokes yeah and it doesn't it just doesn't work because nobody understands it and i don't even think the translator understands it either because it's it's just it's just a very strange strange show but i kind of like it so i kind i like nagoya a lot ben are you ready to do this? So we both finished uh, in A Certain Magical Index 3. Um, I have virtually nothing to say about it except to say that Toma doesn't die. But that's all. Someone someone on the Anime News Network forums for the last episode's review said that Toma dies. And I don't know why they said that. Maybe in the, maybe in the light novel, they actually give you more than two minutes between him falling into a icy arctic ocean um and being brought down by the weight of this magical island falling and him just showing up floating on the surface like he's fine and some characters like oh you're really really lucky but what were you expecting i don't know some actual sacrifice like i'm gonna like to give it the to damn it with the faintest of praise like these last two episodes i think the pacing was better it wasn't quite rushing through stuff as headfirst as it has been the rest of the series it was if you had managed by some miracle to, to keep up until this point it was coherent the problem was the way the I think it's just inherent in the story the author chose to tell. Like, when you make the main bad guy's power be so, be like, okay, his power's really cool. He gets more powerful the the more he's attacked. And he's he's built, like, this entire device to get the entire world to attack him. And so he becomes incredibly powerful. Sounds like the film of Bungo Stray Dogs. Remember when, remember when Andy pissed and moaned before this episode began about how long it was going to take? And now he's interrupting <laughs> us to make bad jokes. <laughs> Yeah. You've only yourself to blame, Andy. Yep. But yeah, it's like when the resolution is that people start decide that, okay, we're going to work together and stop freaking out. And then his power weakens and Tomo beats him up much as he beats everyone else up by just throwing his fist into his face and righteously telling him why he's wrong. <laughs> it just ends up anticlimactic you you shouldn't end your free like not, not even free core like it's like free series six core like six yeah core long arc with the bad guy being defeated in exactly the same way that every other bad guy toma's run into has been defeated and while asking to toma to change it absolutely no way and to make precisely zero sacrifices like this is the one thing you you gave me hope for ben you said he he was going to die and i thought finally he might actually be forced to who confront the idea that this mo- sense of moral righteousness he has is misguided that he can't just solve everything with just a long lecture and punching someone in the face yeah but no that's that's what happens and even even worse like he's he's given a perfectly damn good 
escape route with Misako, uh, the uh, the heroine of um, Railgun. She she literally flies there by jet plane and gives him a perfectly easy escape route. And he goes, "Nah, I'm going down with the ship." And it's just like, oh god damn it, Toma! It's it's like he if they just had him change a little, that's all I asked, and just show some character development. They want his like realization that he's not that he's like been like manipulative to index i guess technically they want that to be uh they want that to be like his moment but it literally just resets the relationship to stage one like there's no like this really is like the bad version of one punch man where he like literally just like yells at someone and punches them and it ends it and that's just it's there's no self-awareness that like Mm. toma is incredibly boring and even more boring because he's set in this incredibly overstuffed, over-the-top universe of, like, bullshit fantasy and magic. And, like, now they, they, the fact that it's with uh, Hamazura, they even have just, like, a better version of Toma also, who actually has to sacrifice things and make compromises. And, like, he's like, he has, he has to have people listen to his lectures. He can't just uh yell them while punching someone and then be proven true by the after effects of his punch so yep yep that's and like uh, the final thing was like we know something weird has gone on because with the production of these episodes though because after hyping up his arc for the entire thing a uh, major anti-hero accelerator finally resolves his arc, saves Chibi Masaka, turns into an angel and flies up into the the air and then then vanishes for almost an entire episode's length before we find him on a stretcher, uh tied up on a stretcher near the end. Oh. Yeah. Like you have it's just this climactic thing with him going up in this After after growing a wing literally like angelic wings in a halo. And then he just vanishes, and then he's back to being a bad guy. And, like, yeah, it just... You can definitely tell that they hope that they are going to get another season to do New Testament, because everything very carefully sets... Everything is very carefully set back to square one. It just... It's like everything One Punch Man... I was talking about it doing well with it. It's, like, amazing action, which is a step up from anything we've seen before. An incredibly dramatic fight, and a moment of self-realization from the character that was all missing. And instead we just get Toma punching someone as always. It's, they just think that's what people want and they're wrong because it's bad and Toma's annoying. And the fact that index was not around for the back half of the show was a blessing because that shitty food baby is the worst. So I just hope they've got it out of their system. And, but it's like, yeah, we're done with this. Yeah, we are. Farewell. It does feel like he's kind of absorbed a bunch of shonen manga, but then not really understood uh, the trappings behind it and the real the reason why you sort of have these characters that are beloved and then evolve. But like, because characters disappearing for like long stretches of time and then reappearing even better than before is a very shonen trapping. Like you see that in fucking like the first the first arc of Bleach, like. With uh, thingy with Ichigo like not appearing until the eleventh hour, but it just feels like there's not like a celebration yeah, the, uh, there. You're not like woohoo, he's got this, he's this hun- back. It's like this is this isn't the this isn't the um shonen trope of oh I've been away training. This is I'm gonna have my cl- climatic moment. I'm finally at my greatest of powers. I'm gonna fly up a avenging being of light and destroy this opponent. Next minute. 
Who knows? We don't see him again until he's on a, a bed. And that's it. Good riddance, Index. All right. Let's all take a break to barf, and then we will come back to do our spotlight pitch. Woo. Oh, Gankutsu. Oh, it's right. probably the best thing that Gonzo's ever made. <laughs> I think we agreed on that. No, I thought we agreed it was Speed Graffer. Speed Graffer's bad. Girls on film. Da, 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 da. Girls on film. Well, I'm lost. That's the opening title to Speedcraft. And we're back. Since I got my spotlight pitch Suritama picked for the last episode, in this one I get to pick everyone else's pitches. We're going to start with Andy. Hi, Ben. Hi, um, Andy. Hi. Yeah, hi. I'm going to pitch a show. I don't even know if you've heard of this. Um, it's called Mudazumo Naki Kakikaku, uh, The Legend of Koizumi. Uh, now, this is a very... Well, I love this manga. This is a manga, a Mahjong manga about the ex-president of Japan fighting against other political leaders uh, in uh, Mahjong battles in order to change certain world events and to decide calling it a mahjong manga is giving it a lot more credit than it deserves in that regard <laughs> fucking yes uh i think <laughs> i actually i really love the four episode uh ova series that it is i think it's funny and i think it's interesting because it's a political parody comedy based on world politics that i've never seen outside of japan like i've never seen an anime which is politically like very obviously politically inspired and be it being a parody of politics itself i think is kind of interesting to talk about i think it's very funny i think it has some problems because it's also very racist um (laughs) but i really enjoyed the four episodes that it has of this show um it is funny it is about as heavy about on mahjong as like fucking a sports anime is about it's relevant sport it just is set dressing for the ridiculous jokes that happen uh and i think we might get a laugh out of it it's got a very old style too looks like it's got a very old style and it's only four episodes (laughs) it's very odd it was a straight to ova they did one and it's like five minutes and then they did like another three or two i think it's very weird and it's very like uh japan's opinions on like other other country's policies and politicians it feels like it goes in pretty hard yeah, yeah and uh i i don't know have you heard of this um ben? it's looking familiar now that i'm looking at it but no i've never i've never heard much about this uh and i i really love it i think it's really funny and i think that it's really weird and i think you might get a real kick out of it being uh Getting getting in with all the political jokes, I get a kick out of it because of all the dumb mahjong jokes. Uh, so yeah, let's let's watch that. That's me. <laughs> okay. Legend of Koizumi. <laughs> How are you going to top that, Duncan? Well, in the end, Ben, I'm going to top that because whether or not this is going to be acknowledged, or this may be our final, 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 ultimate. We've been talking about missing, mixing up the format. Yes, that is true. So this could be our farewell to spotlights, at least for a, yeah. a period of time. So fuck it, Ben. We should be watching Sayonara Setsuko Sensei. And we should be saying goodbye 
Uh. <laughs> we should be saying goodbye to spotlights with the best spotlight. We should be saying sayonara spotlights. Boo, pandering. Boo. Because A, Boo. it's amazing. It's <laughs> it's just like the... It's like an amazing show. And we talk about it being like one of the formative shows of the current sort of shaft as we know it currently and Shinbo as we know him currently as both directors and studios. And we talk about it as this unique artifact within these sub um, uh, community because it's like never been officially translated and it's got this incredibly complicated um, history in terms of how it destroyed groups of subtitlers and the how like Andy talks a lot about like, oh someone got ot ot one word wrong in a show and it's a travesty well this is a group of people like Andy getting really really annoyed and making sure they get the exact right right translation and would. Damn it! I'll cut you with a knife if you. And like people just being like so so careful and so enthusiastic and passionate to get at this right that they sort of have these incredibly dramatic breaks up of subgroups just to trying to get it done. And yeah, it's just an amazing show which no one's going to talk about unless we do. <laughs> that's a that's a that no good. All right, John. Yeah, um, I'm not pandering because I'm an adult. Screw you, John. And... No, it's it's because, it's John, we're respectable human beings. and uh... Oh, shut up, Andy. You've done it more than anybody else. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm going to pick uh, something that I think is Trigger's best anime after Space Patrol Luluko, and it's also the one nobody ever fucking talks about. Uh, it's it's uh, it's pretty. Uh, the description is gonna put off everybody in the entire world, but it's about a set of teenagers who are they're invited or they run into each other at a fucking like underground facility, and then they somehow like all become connected so that they feel each other's pain, and then it kind of just goes from there. Like you know, they gotta like deal with that shit, and the main character is like super dead inside because of course he is. Anyway, it's good. Um, it's also Let's see, what's the ranking? I would, I would say Space Patrol, Luluko, Kiznaiver, SSSS, Dot Gridman, and then the rest. Yeah. Not even going to mention Kill a Kill because you've. I just like I liked Kill a Kill, but man, the more time that passes, the less I care yeah. about it. You're not, you're not excited for the um, Arxis fighting game that's coming out. That's not a fighting game, isn't it? It is. It's an arena fighter. Mm-hmm. It's a bad thing. It looks bad. It looks terrible. Anyway, um. <laughs> Yeah, nobody of here will like it, and that's why I'm pitching it. <laughs> I've watched a few episodes; I didn't hate it. I I want I want to I want to watch this, and I want everybody to tear it apart so that I can feel sad like I usually do. So you I you can feel something. the hurt that the uh, the cast exactly. also want, feels. Andy gets me like nobody else. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, Andy. Ah, <laughs> uh, have fun, Ben. I mean, like it's it's. Gee, I wonder which one. It's never. Pick. It's yeah, no. Yeah. I'm I'm gonna surprise. I'm gonna surprise you because as much as I would like to pick Sarah Zetsuba Sensei, um, I think it would be even better to begin and end our spotlight cycle with a trigger anime. Oh no, <laughs> we didn't. Did okay. we? Oh yeah, no, we did. We did. Yeah, yeah. I know. Yeah, I was I was gonna I was gonna pick Science Expo Sensei and tell us like I, I, what was our first for a second I, I thought thought for a second in my head Dalos was the first one 
And I thought, and, <laughs> and I was like, "Oh, you're going to pick a really old, weird one because it, just like Dalos." No, but, we did a uh, we did uh, Little Witch Academia Trigun Badlands Rumble on Time of Eve, and then Dallas was our fourth spotlight, and it was just the one that I think like first really got under our skin. Yeah, um, because it's been. Also, I felt yeah. I felt it was the first one that really cemented the cast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Probably, yeah as well. <laughs> Uh, I will say I'm genuinely surprised you picked. I I don't take. I don't really want to watch it, but I think it would be a good bookend. Um, <laughs> and I think that it would be boring if we were if we all just say that Simon Sensei Sensei is great, and then Andy complains about the translation some. So <laughs> I, I wouldn't get. What about why why not why not why not Koizumi? That's why not Legend of Koizumi. I it's just not feeling it. It's not for, nothing personal. Fair enough. Just Chinatown. I, I'm feeling it personal though. That's fine. That's something we could all watch. Just like a, it's four episodes. It's super short. We could just watch. Hey, don't make promises well, yeah, for me. I'm busy. That's what I was also thinking. Let's just like... watch them. You know what? Look, let's just watch them all. Watch them all. Watch them all. <laughs> <laughs> do it. Let's do it. This is I the mean, final one. I Why mean, the hell not? We could all say that we're going to do it and not do it. Oh, we could try to do it. <laughs> I mean, I'll try. Yeah. Like. I'm not, I don't have a bunch of shows I'm watching that I can get behind on this uh, in the next two weeks, at least. I mean, so I hope at least I mean, you, 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 could be, you could polish off all of Legend of Koizumi in an hour. L- less than that. I was also looking at the <laughs> animation is, yeah, studio, sure. and they also did... Not only did they do the Appleseed movie, but they also did Plastic Naysam, which I fucking love. Plastic Naysam's great. Why didn't you pitch that, Andy? <laughs> because it's... There's, I don't think there's anything to talk about. Yeah. It's just fucking hilarious. And it's just really fucking good, like, short skit comedy. Super slapsticky and, in a Japanese style of slapstick. I've d- I've, so. Yeah. I've done an but, image search for the, for this this anime you pitched, Andy, and, like, the, uh, like oh, some of the stuff which is then. coming up yeah. is just, like, you've got Trump playing Mahjong and, uh-huh. and like, is when was I this from? Even... It, it must no, be still in the going. New, in the, they restarted my hiatus in 2017, and I think they've now Trump's part of it. Oh, so. really? Oh, okay. shit. Okay. I mean, I mean it has hit Putin. Putin with a super attack called Super Aryan, which is a terrible joke. <laughs> oh, <geez. laughs> and he, they fight say, him watched, on the moon. I, I have watched the OVA, and I did like it. It was funny. It's I will very back funny. On this one. I think we should watch it anyway, because it is really funny. I'm going to try to watch really all three, because I think that will that will do us, like, our, the official winner is Kiz, is Kiznaiver to give us those bookends, but I will try to rewatch watch Sinister Sensei, watch Legend of Koizumi, and watch Kiznaiver. That is a big ask from me, but That's we'll a see. We'll man. see, maybe. I mean, anything's possible. I mean, I'll happily sit through Legend of Koizumi again. I could love that show. It takes like half an hour. <laughs> <laughs> All uh, right. Well, let's go ahead and wrap it up then. Since you had your stag party, Andy, I assume you don't have a game ready for us. No, I asked people to send questions, but they're rubbish. 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 <laughs> rubbish. That's a good way to get people to send questions. Is called yeah. yeah. I think he calls them stinky bits or whatever. So- <laughs> that's why. That that's- my- so what kind of dare there are the uh, are the questioners are they sunders or uh i think i think they're uh obviously shy so they must be danderies um <laughs> but then they'll love us eventually remember rate review and subscribe to us on itunes find us on twitter at keyframes pod find us on facebook just search for keyframes podcast email us questions mm-hmm. to make andy not feel so sad at keyframes podcast at gmail.com and of course tell a friend
Probably not that one person pitched an anime where Hitler plays Mahjong, but <laughs> come on, Andy. Yeah, probably don't do that one. I agree. I'm, a, I'm a back band up on this. <laughs> Say goodbye, uh, everybody. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Bye.